I believe in the Church of Baseball. You're listening to the Complete Game Ministries Podcast, where we love baseball, we love God, but we know baseball is not God. You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? You're going to hear from players, coaches, and baseball ministry guys from all over the world as we talk about what it looks like to be faithful on the baseball field amongst the F-bombs and the two spit. So put on your cup and grab a Bible as we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ in the language of baseball. Now batting, your host, Justin Dillard. Welcome to the Complete Game Ministries podcast. I'm Justin Dillard alongside... Keith Wall, great to be with you, Justin. You as well, sir. So we got a special two-for-one deal uh, this week since we missed last week. We had some uh, interesting circumstances that led us to, to miss last week. Yeah, just make sure to check uh, Justin's Twitter feed. You can see that interesting eye surgery thing that happened. And I'm now qualified uh, and certified to be an umpire now. So. <laughs> oh, 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 he had to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I am talking to you with one eye currently. <laughs> and we are talking about um, the three Field of Dreams, bottom of the ninth, uh, posts from the last three weeks. And honestly, that's been a – I hope it was as fun, much fun for you to write it as was for it me was, to read it. It really was. I mean, I, I really – I mean, I'm pretty nerdy when it comes to movies. Yeah. And so – I, I just felt like the Lord was giving me these different ideas, and it was so fun to write, and the feedback from it has been really powerful. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. I mean, Field of Dreams in general is just one of those movies that kind of grabs you by the heart. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even know why. Yep. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, it just brings something out uh, deeper than the game that, uh, yeah, I uh, that you've drawn out in these posts that, is a uh, pointing to Jesus in a really neat way. Cool. Well, so, yeah. So starting with the the first one is kind of a, an overview of of the entire movie. You talked about um, the journey of faith. Uh, so yeah. So describe the 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 scenes and the things that that kind of led you to to see that 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 overall journey. Yeah, and you know the whole the whole journey thing is something that I talk about and write about all the time anyway, mm-hmm. um, and have. You know, my wife and I are actually getting ready to do a small group around the journey and the journey of faith and how nice. those things can be fleshed out in any movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, you know, like anyone who's ever had a taken a film class that I've given them, I've, I've ruined movies for them for the rest of their lives because <laughs> it's all the same story being told over and over again. Yeah. Um, but in this but in this one, in Field of Dreams, what really struck me was the Costner character, Ray Kinsella, being willing to go on that wild goose chase. Hmm. Um, that, and that's a Mark Batterson book. That's a Mark Batterson phrase that is just, it's really captured me because I feel like for the last year and a half, I've been on a wild goose chase with myself a little bit. Sure. And just kind of keeping my eye on Jesus the whole time. And when he zigs, I zig. When he zags, I zag. And I just try to move with him the whole time. Um, and I think that's really what happens when Ray hears the voice, right? And you know, he, if you build it, he will come, and he has the vision of the field. And it's just a, you know, it's an action word. If you build it, you have something to do here. Yeah. And the connection I saw was all the times that Jesus 
gives us action words, action verbs to go and do something. Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples. Luke 10, 1, the Lord chose 72 other disciples and he sent them ahead in pairs. Mark 6, 7, calling in 12 to him, he began to send them two by two. Matthew 4, 19, come and follow me. It's not a, hey, go sit in the pew and listen to one guy talk to a message. It's yeah. go do something. Yeah. Go and be a part of a journey. Absolutely. Um, so and uh, what's the thing about us? Like we all crave that, but none of us actually oh. want to step out and do it if we don't know how that's going to end. Yeah, and I actually, I would actually argue in many ways that the media and movies have numbed our senses or made us feel like we've been on these thousand journeys. When, in fact, all we've done is sat in our living room or sat in a the theater. Right. Um, so I think it, 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 it is a powerful testimony to the Lord and what he's trying to do in us to encourage us hmm. to go on these journeys. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of times, even as Christians, we'll do the same thing where we confuse um, our belief with actual faith and action. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so we, yeah, I, I, I believe in God. Okay, well, if you believe in God, then why do you... Do you know, or why, or why do you not do sure. X? You know, where it's like, hey, God, I feel like God's telling me to go and do this, and you're confirming that through the scripture, you're confirming that through people who know your gifts, mm-hmm. and then you just say, nah, I'm, I'm too afraid, I can't do it. Yeah, no, 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 you've got to cross that first threshold and you got to go try. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's amen. Well, I, and a lot of it is, I, I think, uh, and it comes out in that, um. At the very end, which I don't want to jump too you know yeah. ahead, but just the point of you know so Ray does all these things, and the you know if you build it, he will come uh then what is it go to the distance or no, that's what's the second one second one is ease his pain, ease his pain, and then go the distance so he's mm-hmm. he's following these things he doesn't know why, and he's trying to do this alongside with his his wife and trying to figure mm-hmm. out am I crazy like because yeah. yeah. he's doing all these things that don't make sense he's just being obedient. Yes. Um, and then yes. finally, he gets to the end, and when Shoeless Joe asks Terrence Mann to go into mm-hmm. the cornfield with him, he gets pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, wait, wait a minute, hold on, that's my corn out there. Right. You know, it's like, you know, I've done all of these things, not once have I asked, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. What are you saying, Ray? I'm saying, what's in it for me? Beautiful you know? scene. Yeah. So there's this, this deal, like, where in our faith journey, we do the same thing, when oh. we confuse... Yes. Uh, our plan and God's plan or the fact that God exists for us mm. or, or we say God exists for us when mm-hmm. we exist for God. And so who, why are we doing these things? Yeah. You know, so are we, are we going through faith where God is the means to our end yeah. or is God the end? You know what I'm saying? Mm, I do. You know, so how, how do you even go about telling the difference between the two? <sighs> Man, I, I tell you the one, the only thing that I, I feel like I've learned in my life journey is you don't know until you look backwards in hindsight. Hmm. Um, and that's where, you know, my wife and I, we've been talking about this idea of faith and hope. And, you know, when I, when I wrote about the Sandlot, I it was trying to, I was trying to understand the difference between the two. Yeah. And the best thing that I could come up with was, you know, faith when you look backwards and hope when you look forwards. And I think when, when Ray, in that moment, that scene that you're talking about right there, yeah, he gets this beautiful picture of, I want to know what's in it for me, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it became about him. And I did all these things. I did all these works, right? Yeah. yeah. To prove that I was in this with you. And Shoeless Joe points him to his father. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's in those in those those weird God moments where he winks at us or he shows us something beautiful. It's like I thought I was going to do it so I could maybe see the afterlife yeah. or get to get a glimpse into heaven. But no, I wanted to reconcile you with your dad. Yeah. I mean, and you just sit there and you go, oh, my gosh, I didn't know until at the end when he and again, it's in mm-hmm. hindsight. They start to repeat ease his pain. Oh, it was his dad's pain. It wasn't Terrence Mann's pain. It was his dad's pain. Yeah. It was all, uh, it's just, it, it's awesome. But I think, again, you can only learn it, you can only know it when you look backwards. Mm. I think that's the only time you really get to see God's will clearly. Otherwise, you just have to kind of walk and do and go. Yeah. Which is, leads perfectly into the second one, mm-hmm. um, or with Moonlight Graham, and he's the guy that did just that. Um uh, so, yeah, you brought up in the, the second post that, you know, some of the things that come up when, when Ray goes and meets up with Moonlight Graham in, was it 1970-what, Minnesota? 1972 yeah. in yeah. Minnesota. Yep. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, that's where the next place and on his his faith journey mm-hmm. that Ray makes a stop. Uh, and, and he says things when he finds out, yeah, give us the background on, on Moonlight Graham and why that was significant. Yeah, so you've got Moonlight Graham, which is, I mean, one of the fascinating things about it is that Moonlight Graham was a real guy. Mm-hmm. And so W.P. Kinsella, who wrote the book Shoeless Joe, I mean, he researched and found this guy hmm. who had played a game, never got to bat. And, but it, I, I'm still blown away that he's a real guy. I mean, yeah. and to do that, to do that <laughs> level of research, it, just, it, bl- it blows my mind. But anyway, so Moonlight Graham is that guy, never got to play, he got to play in the field, didn't get to bat. And then never, never seen in the big leagues again. Never, ever seen. He goes and is a doctor in mm-hmm. Minnesota and finds his calling there. And so what Ray does is he thinks that go the distance. You know, he sees the, the scoreboard at Fenway, mm-hmm. and so does Terrence Mann. And so he travels with him. And they go and they find Moonlight Graham. They go to find, you know, man, I think I've got a place. I've got a place for you to go and play a game. I've got a place for you to get in at bat against big leaguers. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm going to, I'm going to let you accomplish your dream. Mm-hmm. Then he's sitting there in his office upstairs in his little, little doctor's office there. And they have this conversation where, you know, Ray was like, it would kill some men to get that close to their dream and not touch it. Hmm. And Moonlight just sits there and goes, no, I, I'm not going to go. I know my true calling, my true calling. It would be, it would be worse if I had never saved the lives I saved in this community. Hmm. And you just go, Oh my gosh. Again, you just, you don't know until it's, it's in hindsight. And I think Moonlight Graham, I mean, I got to think when he, I got to hope anyway. Okay. Yeah. I got to hope that when he was in his thirties and forties that he was a little unsettled, but as he gets to his eighties that he's like, no, this was where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, you want to you want to ask the question like, what did he feel like at the time? Because yeah. I think that's where most of us are sitting right now, yeah. as either a coach or a player. You bet. Um, and our dreams of where we want to go, or like we were talking about just a second ago, you know how like is this um, is God the ends or the means to my end, which yeah. is to play in the big leagues, or is right. you know is this right. different? Um, so we ended up like putting together these plans of, oh man, surely God wants me to play in the big leagues because if I did, then I could pull Cole Hamels, right? You know, who right. this past week, right. you know, yeah. just donated oh, a ten a million dollar, you know, 
tell mansion. More about, tell more about that for people who don't know. Because, it, it, I mean, that touched my heart. I had somebody tell me about it. Absolutely. So Cole Hamels, uh, who is has this mansion out in near, like, Branson, Missouri, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, but he decides, him and his wife decide that they're going to move in, into the Dallas area uh, where he's playing for the Rangers. And he... As they're looking to do with, with this ten million dollar and on, on a hundred acre, uh, you know, mansion that they have, they're like, "Hey, what do we want to do with this?" And they're looking around. They support other charities, especially in that that area, because they have a real heart for that area. And um, they decide that they're going to donate that to what is it, the Barnabas Foundation, yeah, yeah. which is um, like a an organization that helps handicapped mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. or disabled you know kids and that, so I, it sounds like they do a whole lot so i couldn't even wrap my brain around what all that is if that's like a school and a camp and all these other things can you even imagine what the barnabas foundation's doing now going oh my gosh yeah i can't believe what was what just landed in our lap through god's grace absolutely or, or how do you get you know and and sometimes we'll dehumanize like these pro guys because they're you know money wise they're talking like a they're in a different world than we are, yeah, you know, yeah. or at least you and I are. Yes. Um, and, you know, so to, to even fathom giving away something that big, oh. you just think, oh, they have so much money that it's nothing to them. It is something. $10 million Absolutely. is something to anybody. That's right. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Uh, you know, so we, we'll do the same thing where we say, oh, man, yeah, I would do that too if, you know, if I had this. So surely God wants me to have this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Cole Hamill's story isn't. Our story, you know, so Moonlight Graham's story, it, you know, isn't what even Ray thought it would be. He's like, yeah. "Hey, you're yeah. supposed to come with me. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you your dream." He's like, "Yeah, that 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 was a dream for a long time ago." You know, it, 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 it where you say it'd be a tragedy for not to have a chance to live out my dream. He's like, "No, I'll tell you, it's a tragedy if I wouldn't have been a doctor. If I had only been a yes. doctor for five minutes." Yeah, and I, I, and he had peace in that. Oh, unbelievable piece. And again, the piece that passes all understanding, right? Absolutely. I mean, beyond, beyond any of us. Hmm. One of my, the, the verse that I, that I used in that, um, was John fifteen sixteen. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you to appoint and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. And I sit there and I go, I wonder, I, I think you hear that verse in prosperity gospel a little bit sometimes, right? Sure. Uh-huh. But pay attention to the fruit that will last. Mm-hmm. Moonlight Graham had fruit that lasted. Mm-hmm. You know, and Ray is just figuring out, he's just barely figuring out fruit that will last. He's, he's in his 40s, he's got a farm, he's trying to figure life out. But Moonlight Graham knows what fruit lasts. Mm-hmm. And I just think that if we can get our place ourselves to a place of peace sooner... We will see that lasting fruit earlier in our life and just come to a place of wonderful peace like Moonlight Graham had. Mm, interesting. So how do we do the same thing? How do we know when there's a, the difference between our dream and our calling? Mm, that's, a, that's a wonderful question. I, do, you, do you wonder, um, pose a question back to you, is the difference merely the dream could be sometimes in our flesh and our calling is in what God is trying to speak to us. Sure. Could that be the difference? And is it be- is it absolutely beautiful when those two things overlap? How- you bet it is. You know, because when those mm. two things are in line, then all of a sudden we're working together. We're working with God. We're working within the will of God. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes, I think sometimes we confuse our dreams with our 
with our demons, like some of the things that, you know, <laughs> hey, whether it's, you know, like Ray's got daddy issues. I mean, yeah. you know, I've had I've had plenty of conversations with with guys either at the big league level who have been at the big league level, people who have done sports psych at the big league level. And there's a lot of daddy issues there. There's a lot of sure. I'm trying to prove dad right. I'm trying to prove dad wrong. I'm trying to do some of those things. Mm-hmm. That's that's the dream of the flesh, you know, but at the same time. When you have somebody like Cole Hamels who works out his his calling within that mm-hmm. dream, whew, man, that's powerful stuff. For sure. I mean, the dream, I feel like the dream is always centered on you. Yes. And the yes. calling is never centered on you. It's yes. centered on others. That's right. Um, and sometimes those go together, but you don't realize that. If You may get the dream, but then you realize it was never for you ever at any point yeah um you know so it, that's when it becomes the calling yeah uh, but as long as it's about you or, ben, or if you're the major beneficiary of yes. it uh, probably not the calling yeah and th- i mean is let me throw a curveball in here too okay you know where what if god implants and I, I mean i guess i feel this for myself a little bit too he implants this dream in you through circumstances of your life and you walk down this road and you learn all these lessons hmm. But then when you finally surrender that dream and go, you turn it, like you just said, you turn it from focusing on yourself to focusing on others. Then all of a sudden you get a chance to live out your calling through all these unbelievable lessons you learn and you go, oh, wait a minute. I just got a chance to look backwards and see everything that I've learned, all the good that God wants to draw from those experiences. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to draw those into other people, wonderful things like being others focused, focusing on a team, being in a community, being known, all those things that we should have in everything that we do, then all of a sudden that calling, when you want to instill those things and bring those out in other people, then all of a sudden it becomes a beautiful thing. Right? See, now now we're poking, uh, poking a bear with a stick because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a coach listening to this, um, there are many coaches that are coaching where, for their benefit where the players are just pieces yeah. to – Get you your record and yeah. your title, uh, your your championships and whatever that is. Uh, so you're using, you know, 15, 16, maybe 20 year old kids yeah. to, uh, you know, to your benefit, you know, and they're disposable every year. You know, yeah. you can you can cut them and get new ones. You can whatever. Yeah. Uh, but when it becomes about developing those kids and walking alongside them in a place that you've walked before, I mean, that's what, what you and I get to do. That's right. Um, you know, and I, I feel, yeah very strongly that 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 was my case where um i spent so much of my life directed at this game trying to quote unquote make it yep that i feel like god is redeeming that mm-hmm. uh, for his good now with what i get to do with athletes in action what we get to do with complete game ministries and it's an honor it's one it's bigger than anything from the past and and, yeah. and if are honest like i have cooler baseball experiences past playing days post playing days than i did during and i yeah. got to do some really cool things in my playing career yeah. you yeah. know but it's like man i if you would have told me that i would be able to travel all over the world play baseball coach baseball share the gospel and you know do some of the things that god's just given us the ability to do it's just like i would never have imagined you know, or yeah, that's that's Ephesians right, three, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I thought I was imagining pretty big when I was looking yeah. at the big leagues, but right, man, right. God, God has blessed that. But at the time, through the pains of taking away the playing stuff and to get to this, and 
Um, it hurt at the time, and I was mad about it at the time. But we now, are. like you said, in hindsight, I look back and I'm just like, praise God, I wouldn't change a thing. That's right. No doubt about it. I mm-hmm. mean, we. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I mean, just all the things that I've got to experience as a as a player, all the things I got and I've got to experience as a coach, and I just sit there in this place of peace now, and just go, man, I can't wait to give some of those things to mm-hmm. other people so that they find peace before I did yeah. for their own good. That's you know what, and that's what's fun, like. You know, we've been doing this long enough to see some kids from when they were freshmen yeah. in high school to now graduated and married and just doing some really cool things, walking and mm-hmm. walking with the Lord. Um, and in those ones, then you get to experience. And actually, that from the from the first uh, year of Complete Game Ministries back in 2011, oh, yeah. that that gift that we had for for all the board members with yeah. uh, that that verse from Third John four. Um, there's only one verse, so it's verse four. Um, yeah. So third John four says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walking in truth. Mm. So those that we got to pour into to see when they, you know, beyond their time with you, or probably even beyond their time in the game that they're walking in truth and you hear about it. Like, so you're not there watching it, you know, all the time, but to know that you've instilled in something in them that now they continue on without you. So you've effectively, multiplied you've gone and make made disciples gosh what a power well yeah that's i mean i i'm sitting here almost speechless you know just sitting here going when you look back on all that you've invested in a in a harvest field mm-hmm. and then to sit there and watch that grow which you know <laughs> and, and and there's there's scriptures that speak to the idea that we don't know what causes it to grow we are, you know, we are the farmer, right? Something from well coached. We are farmers who are just called to till the soil, sow the seed. God's the one who makes things grow. And then when you get a chance to see it grow, I mean, you, there's just nothing more powerful. It, it, it's really amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Especially when, when you feel so many times where you feel like your efforts are immeasurably less than you could ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, is this, is this the best? Mm-hmm. Um, the story's not done. That's right. You know, so those, the stories of seeing the harvest, um, only become that great when you look back and see all the times when a flood came and washed out all your efforts or, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, but it wasn't done. You know? Yeah. Uh, so there, there are times of devastation. There's times of suffering on the road that, ultimately lead to uh time with the father yeah and and yeah exactly <laughs> which had going going to feel the dreams i was just sitting here thinking of this that we oftentimes justin and, and none of us want it we don't want suffering we don't want hard time but ray doesn't get the reconciliation with the father in that moment where he's on the field having a catch yeah, without a whole lot of difficulty. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying we should we should seek relational strife and difficulty so that we get <laughs> reconciliation. Because so, here's the problem. We don't have to. It comes out all by itself. Sometimes it does, yeah. <laughs> but we don't want to force that issue because, gosh darn it, we reconciliation is hard and sometimes you don't get it. And that's the yeah. part that that's the heartbreaking part of being in this world. Sometimes people get hurt by things you do, you get hurt by things they do, 
and you never reconcile. Yeah. And I'm just going to tell you, that is just not what Jesus desires. Hmm. I've just been so, so stuck on as you know, we kind of move into that last one of having a catch with the father, the, the place where dreams come true. I'm really starting to believe is really simply the place where all relationships are reconciled. Our relationship with God is reconciled through the son, through the son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Holy spirit who indwells in us. And then we are called to bring heaven to earth by reconciling our relationships here as best as we possibly can. Sure. Because in heaven, we're going to get to have all those relationships reconciled. Mm-hmm. And the the absolute beauty in that, um, when we get to be our true selves and when they get to be them their true selves and we can just reach this place of love, grace, and forgiveness. Hmm. It's just, it's a beautiful picture. It is. Well, and we, we do experience that, but the, the places that we don't, um, then we're getting to see the picture of the gospel in the way that what Christ accomplished on the cross was to get, forgive us for our sins. So we have this forgiveness, forgiveness mm-hmm. and in, in all relationships, forgiveness is a one way deal. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can forgive regardless of how the other person responds, you know? So Christ through his, well, the actions of his death, he was, he became obedient to the cross, um, that he, the forgiveness has been paid, you yes. know, that, that is there. And it is, you've been and the purpose of that is so that you can be reconciled to the father. So that's a, that's an offer that is extended to you. What free makes gift. it for a free gift, but what makes it reconciliation is a two way thing. Forgiveness mm-hmm. is one reconciliation is two. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll go about our relationships in this, mm-hmm. in our time in this world yeah. and we can offer forgiveness and we should, or else that'll become the, the bitterness that, um, the, the unforgiveness, the, all the, the junk that we carry out around with our, our baggage from past relationships, uh, that actually separates us from the father. You know, yeah. what Jesus even said, you oh, know, like we yeah. talked about in the, the well coach series, you yep. know, so go back and look that up, the forgiven the way, forgive the way you've been forgiven. Oh, the unforgiving debtor, the story of that mm-hmm. is just, I mean, there is no more clear picture of the the grace that God extends for us. Hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, the, I remember, I don't know, I, we should probably walk down that road real quick. Um, just going back to well coached. Yeah. The series in the book mm-hmm. and talking about what you experienced um, with one of your former college coaches. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never been a part of something more powerful watching <laughs> you fight through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're getting ready to go out to this visit to go to a school and your former college coach is there. Yeah, he's he's on that staff. And I didn't know it at the time, you know, <laughs> and I'd invited you and we were all excited. And then all of a sudden you're like. Keith, you realize who the uh, coach there is? And I was like, no, who? And <laughs> the, the guy who took my scholarship, the guy who said, yeah, you can't play anymore. Oh, and then for I immediately you, regret this decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world. That's right. And but then for you to go and for the Lord to lead you directly to that scripture of the unforgiving debtor. Yeah. The guy who. Um, and I can't, you, you did such a beautiful job in the well coach series. Make sure to check that out. The video series and the book that, um, you've got a guy who's mm-hmm. forgiven and, and I'm just going to use some, from some round numbers. I don't remember yeah. what the actual equivalents were, but guy owes money to his master. 10,000 so, talents. Ten, okay. So <laughs> sure, whatever. He, he owes that. 
And might as well be uh, Stanley Nichols. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he doesn't he doesn't actually <laughs> owe much, but he's forgiven it. He's forgiven that debt. And oh my gosh, what a what a burden it is lifted from him, right? Mm-hmm. But then he goes down the road, and he's got this guy who owes him money. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're talking about hundred denarii. Yeah, pennies on. I mean, just yeah. scraps, right? And you sit there and you go. And he then starts to, like, strangle him and give me my money. Yeah. Isn't that how we do life? We take the acceptance from the Father, mm-hmm. and then we don't forgive one another. Mm-hmm. Which is why, Boy. absolutely, that's why Jesus said, you know, and, and a very, and he says this, so we can't ignore it. Because yeah. we have this, you know, like we said, you know, forgiveness is a, is a free gift. But then he throws, so it's not of our works. But then Jesus makes a statement saying, if you forgive your brother, then my Father in heaven will yeah. forgive you. If you do not yeah. forgive your brother, my Father in heaven will not forgive you. Yeah. So in that same story of the debtor, you know, once he found out that the the uh, the, the king finds out that yeah. Yeah. the person that he forgave their debt didn't do the same for one of his people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then he took it away. Yeah. You know, and has him jailed, right? He does. Yeah. You know, so it's like okay, so all that that. That gift of forgiveness was then revoked because you've shown that you can't extend that as mm. well. Mm. So we, we see that, you know, as a as a penalty, but it's it's really more than that. It's a man, if we don't if we don't understand what it means to be forgiven, the only way we do that is to have the ability to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are intentional things. I feel like that's a yeah. gift from God yeah. when we have relationships, especially those that are closest to us or the yeah. people that we've entrusted our lives to. So our parents, our mom, our dad, our coach, our our spouse, our, you know, when the people that were supposed to love us most, when those people let us down, yeah. then we have this small taste of what it is that we did to God and he loved us anyway. Mm. Mm. You know, so that 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 forgiveness is forgiveness is a one way offer. You know, it doesn't require anything on the other person's end. That's just given. You know, but reconciliation takes both. You know, so within our relationships, we have uh, that. But then, you know, the same things happening with us and our relationship with God. Reconciliation's yes. there, but that's that's it's forgiveness unless we make it reconciliation. Yes, this is this is what makes the picture. Of playing catch, such a beautiful thing. Hmm. Can't play catch by yourself. Sure can't. I tried. You've got <laughs> you've got to have another person there mm-hmm. to throw forgiveness and reconciliation back and forth to one another mm. in that moment of trust in one another, faith in one another, a continued connection between people. Yeah. And I mean, what a beautiful picture as the camera, you know, they dolly zoom that thing, helicopter zoom that thing out of there mm-hmm. as Ray and his dad are just playing catch and reconciliation has happened. Forgiveness has happened. Hmm. And there they are. Yeah. I mean, and, and for those of you that have, you know, your throwing partner, you yeah. know, the one that you have like that mezpah with throwing partners for life and he yeah. has half of it. You have the other half on a necklace yeah. and that's, you know. <laughs> That's that's not gay. That's, that's, that's a, right. a real thing. That's right. You know, um, that kind of connection. I mean, that's what I loved about being a catcher because I felt like I got that with my whole pitching staff. Mm. You know, wh- there's something when you have your mm. throwing partner or a catcher, you have your pitchers, and you know them. You know what their stuff does. You know when they make mistakes, what that looks like. Shout, so, out, to, shout out to Nikki DeBolt, my <laughs> lifetime my lifetime catch partner from Hastings College. Throwing partner for life. That's right. You know, but then you get to the point where – as you, their catcher, 
you know their tendencies and your job is to bring the best out of them and to make them look good. Uh, and in, in so doing, like, that also makes you look good. I remember, you know, my buddy Sean Thompson back in the day, like, mm. he threw really hard. He's a fifth rounder out of high school. and uh, But he used to, like, bury his left-handed curveball. Yep. But I knew what it – I caught him so much. I knew what it looked like before it even began to leave his hand. So I beat it there. So then I look like I'm awesome when I'm, you know, blocking these yeah. balls through the, the right-handed batter's box because I, I could see it happening before because mm. we knew each other that well. Mm. You know, so mm. the reconciliation is how we even um, – we overlook each other's flaws, you know, and, yeah. and overcome that together. Yes. You know, so uh, – Man. So yeah, it, it is. It's a beautiful picture. The more you think about it, man. Gosh, you're, yeah. I, I like how you brought that out um, in that post. Uh, a catch with the father. So for yeah. for what that would look like between you and God, mm. you know, knowing that every relationship that you have the potential for reconciliation points to that relationship. You know, so you and your dad. That's the point too. The relationship that you have with the father, because you can whether you like this the statement or not, it's true. Okay, the the relationship that you have with your earthly father is a reflection on the relationship that you have with your heavenly father. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so no matter if you know your dad was a great dad, a terrible dad, an absentee dad, or whatever, you know, he's still your father. That's right. You know, so how do you honor him? You know, without uh, you know, you know, as as an adult, you know, because that's that's us uh being obedient to god is honoring your your father and mother sometimes if they're yeah. asking you to do bad things it doesn't mean you, you do that but you don't shame them and it, you, how do you honor them anyway yeah and and i think i think it's the important part of the two greatest commandments right that you should love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength hmm. and then you should love your neighbor as yourself just like you said a second ago the relationships we have with one another here on this earth are they're actually a reflection of what you have they're just a they're they're a reflection of what you have with the father. But here's the thing, you can't just have a relationship with the father and then not have relationships with people that are healthy. Hmm. You can't do it. Yeah. It's not a real thing. You know, so you've got to be able to operate in both spheres. And you know, I just I'm really looking forward to, you know, this this season of time for for us and everybody um just in this Christmas season to go. You know what? How do I love, continue to love God? Well, my action here, mm-hmm. my journey here is to reconcile as many relationships as I possibly can and live in reconciliation with them in that healthy catch relationship. Absolutely. Because we're also sitting in the middle of this, um, you know, during Christmas time, you know, within this game, there's so many broken relationships that can happen, you know, so you know, players with your coach, you know, coach mm. with parents, you know, or that yeah. one pesky, you know, player that never wants to listen to you. seems he's always in, you know, rebellion, yeah. and, you know, so there's, or, you know, teammates, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, I hate that guy for whatever reason. It's probably even personal. It has nothing to do with, but it, but it flows over onto the field and yeah. in all those ways. So especially like for right now, college players, you are home from break, mm. you know, and you're working out, you're probably throwing, but then, you know, when you get back to school here in just a few weeks, What's expected of you, you know, and then at that point, coach starts making out the lineup card, you know, and where you're in it, if you're in it, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, so you are building up the defense of your heart against somebody thinking that they're, they're screwing you and they're not, you know, mm-hmm. they're, run, they're running a program. Uh, so for you to reexamine your heart right now, knowing that your attitude towards those people 
as a reflection on your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So as you go to the, the Christmas Eve service here on Sunday, um, like two days from now, can you sit there and worship, you know, uh, of the coming of Christ and then turn around and then go into your season just a few weeks later, you know, with this bitterness that, mm. you know, like Christ didn't come, like Christ, what Christ accomplished wasn't enough. Yeah. You know, or like your dream um, is about you and you're going to protect that instead mm-hmm. of the calling that, that you may have through that. Like God did place you where you are. That's not an accident. That's right. You know, so how are you living at the gospel in those places and with those people? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Man, that's great stuff. So, yeah, if you did not, go back and read um, the last three bottom of the ninths. You can find that on CompleteGameMinistries.org and on the app. Um, I highly encourage you to download the app. And I've been really enjoying that. You can find the podcast there, um, former baseball chapel series, and uh, and obviously all the bottom of the ninths for really years now. How long have we been doing the bottom of the ninth? Um, since 2011. Um, so it's been a while. Yeah. You can go back in the archives and check them all out. So man, God's been good, man. Yeah. No for, doubt. Since 2011, we've been able to do a lot of stuff. So, um, thank you, Jesus, for, for using us to, and using this game to, to reach people. So, um, and thank you for everyone listening here because you're in that mission field with us. So, um, and it's an honor and a privilege to come alongside you and, and get to do that together. So we are going to take a break right now and hear from Chinook Seat. And then we'll come right back and uh, send us off into Christmas break. You're listening to the Complete Game Ministries Podcast. I have to take a quick second to give a shout out to my favorite sunflower seed company, Chinook Seedery. No joke, they're the best seeds I've ever tasted and they support athletes in action. So they're about doing good things in this world, including handcrafting the best tasting seed flavors out there like parmesan pepper hatch green chili smokehouse barbecue and cinnamon toast that's right i said cinnamon toast not only are they the best tasting seed they're somehow also the healthiest seeds on the market so if you want to give them a try head to chinookseedery.com and use the promo code complete game 25 for a special 25 percent off discount seriously go check them out if you like seeds because they're freaking fantastic Thank you for listening to the special two-for-one edition of the Complete Game Ministries podcast. And as we wrap up our final podcast of, the, of 2017, uh, I want to encourage one coaches, man, unplug and, uh, and enjoy this time right now. Everybody enjoy time with their, your family, give the gifts and, you know, the Christmas trees and the, whatever your family traditions are. But most of all, remember what it is that... Uh, we're celebrating on Christmas. So like baseball, um, where what we get to do there is live out the gospel on the field and to celebrate um, what Christ has done for us on the cross by what we do physically on the field. Um, do that with Christmas and um, remember what it is that Christ came to accomplish. And 
celebrate that by walking in a way worthy of the gospel. And as you look forward into the next year of 2018, here's some things to, to consider. So, one, go to fcadr.org and consider going to or taking your team to a, a missions trip down to the Dominican Republic where you'll get to go with Luke Sawyer and the boys, Miguel and Ariel and all those guys in, in, in the Dominican Republic and get to serve the people, get to do camps, get to play games, um, get to do service projects, build a house, um, do some really neat stuff down there. So so consider tying that into what you guys do um, either individually or as um, as a team, as there's probably no better team building exercise than to have some perspective of where you stand in the world and, and how the game can connect you. Um, also, go to SoCalFCABaseball.org and and look at what they're doing down there in SoCal uh, and consider going out there. They do camps very very well. So go take a look at them and sign up for one of those camps. You will not be disappointed. The fruit that have come from those camps um, and to players and coaches that I've gotten to run into all over the country are just astounding. Um, and if you're a college guy, man, look into AIABaseball.org and fill out an application. Um, so our teams in both Alaska, Great Lakes, um, in Xenia, and in the New York Collegiate Baseball League in Rochester, and our international team that goes to Guatemala, Panama. Um, so if you're looking for a great way to really integrate your faith in the context of college summer ball, man, no better place to do that than AIA baseball. And maybe you can even come join me up in uh, Rochester with the Rochester Ridgeman as we take on the New York Collegiate Baseball League. And then lastly, ABCA is coming up. If you're a coach going to ABCA, come find me in the AIA baseball booth. Love to talk to you and love to get your feedback on this podcast. Um, and if you're in Colorado, uh, make sure to come to the Complete Game Ministries breakfast that we'll have at the Colorado Dugout Club. Um, we'll have that and a booth set up and uh, some love to talk to you and find out ways that you can plug in here with uh, Complete Game Ministries. And also, as Complete Game Ministries comes to an end, we've been gifted with the awesome opportunity to have a $10,000 match. So help us fund what we get to do here through the app and the podcast and and the bottom of the ninth and all the outreaches that we get to do, the baseball chapels. Um, help us fund that because any donation that you make between now and the end of the year will be matched up to $10,000 and we can fund this ministry for next year before the year even starts. Uh, so prayerfully consider being a part of that as well. You can find that, of course, at completegameministries.org or you can even give on the app. So on behalf of Keith Wall and all of us here at Complete Game Ministries, we wish you a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Go fight, win. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the